0: Good morning. My name is Jay Rosenthal. I'm the Managing Director of Business of Cannabis. Welcome back to the Cannabis Daily Show for Wednesday, February 2nd. I said Wednesday, February 2nd. It's Groundhog Day. If you like what you see, you can check out the rest of our channel, which has the full Business of Cannabis archive right here. So please do subscribe. For those of you new to Business of Cannabis since 2017, we've highlighted the company's brands, people, and trends driving the cannabis industry, and that's what we look to do here every day. After the rundown of the key stories we're following, we'll get our BOC Live segment going, where, where today we'll be joined by Milan Patel, the co founder and CEO of Pathogen DX. We'd love to hear from you in the comments, and always feel free to visit us at businessofcannabis.com as well as through all of our social channels Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. A few event based updates March 10th. B of C New York Sessions will be connecting social equity licensees with capital. That's the conversation we're having. It's brought to you by Leafly and Vicente Sederberg. So please sign up if you will be in New York in early March. April 6th, we'll be flying down to Miami for our Business of Cannabis Miami event, where we'll be talking cannabis retail tech design and data. For today's stories, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says new cannabis acts Will be coming soon. A Southern California Republican Assembly member introduces a delegalization bill. We'll talk about that. NFL has a funded a hundred uh, sorry, a million dollars in for cannabis research, and Chill Brands delays ambitious US retail plans as their shares plummet. For our first story, in a meeting with several cannabis advocacy groups, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he'll introduce the much anticipated and poorly named Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act soon, this according to Marijuana Moment. He also said committee hearings are likely to follow. Schumer tweeted about the Zoom meeting on Friday, saying it was, quote, an exciting meeting on social equity and federal marijuana reform, and tagged several groups like the Drug Policy Alliance, Cannabis Regulators of Color Coalition, Immigrant Defense Project, Women Grow, Vocal New York, and Rochester Normal. Our second story, Republican assembly member in California, Thurston Smitty Smith, is so tired of unregulated cannabis grows in his district that he's introduced a bill that would make growing more than six plants a felony again. This, according to Forbes. According to a statement, Smith blamed a lack of enforcement and said that illicit cultivators are, quote, operating with impunity, knowing that the law allows them to grow with barely a hindrance. For far too long Sacramento has been soft on crime and the illicit market has exploded with massive unlicensed grows popping up all around the state. For our third story, researchers from the University of California San Diego and the University of Virginia and in- here in, in Saskatchewan, where we're, were awarded a million dollars from the NFL to examine the potential of cannabinoids and pain management and neuroprotection from concussion. concussions, this according to ESPN. NFL players aren't permitted to use cannabis, but the league no longer immediately suspends players if drug tests show cannabis in their system. The threshold triggering a positive test has been increased uh, and repeated violations still do bring consequences, but not nearly as much as they used to. Dr. Alan Sills, the NFL chief medical officer, said the league wants to see through research before approving cannabis and for therapeutic use by its players. Uh, for our final story, after international CBD retailer Chill Brands reported its interim results last week, Its share price tanked by approximately 30%, this according to Business Can. Notably, the company's previously announced plans to distribute CBD, tobacco, substitute products in 88,000 stores, in the US have been delayed, but not abandoned, but this is all due to supply chain challenges. More highlights, revenues grew 230% uh, year over year. Operating losses also grew to 150% in the same period. And a new strategy that Chill laid out says they will focus on online sales through their chill.com website. Those are the stories we're watching today. Join 10,000 others and catch all of these stories and more in your inbox every day at 7 a.m. with our Cannabis Daily Newsletter. Coming up on BFC Live, our conversation, we will uh, will have a conversation with Milan Patel. He's the co-founder and CEO of Pathogen DX. They are an Arizona-based company providing DNA-based pathogen testing, and solutions for the cannabis, botanical, food, and agricultural industries. We'll also talk about a little bit like uh, COVID testing. So stay tuned for that conversation with Milan Patel. (laughs) Milan, thanks for being here
1: thank you for having me
0: i'm excited to have you because i feel like we could be like really be cannabis geeking out in a second if i if i understand what the company does tell us a little bit about pathogen dx and uh then we'll get into it okay
1: absolutely yeah no it won't even take more than 20 nanoseconds to geek out on the cannabis side of it but uh again yeah thanks for having me jay uh, we truly appreciate being on this show with you um pathogen dx we were really really a uh We're an uh, Arizona-based platform diagnostics company. So what does that mean at the end of the day? I think, you know, for the last two years now, COVID, every single diagnostic company that develops tests for COVID, right? We develop tests for cannabis as well as COVID, as well as food and agricultural and environment. So for us, we've developed the ability to test for different pathogens that really impact the cannabis industry, both in terms of human health as well as the plant health, and envi- and also the environmental. And so that's what we do.
0: And 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 uh, business, I assume, is good because not only is there, obviously there's COVID and that diagnostics, but also cannabis and the cannabis industry in Arizona and around Arizona too is booming. Talk a little bit about sort of how how that's going and and and. My understanding, just reading your website, you do some proprietary things that happen faster than the norm, which can only mm-hmm. be a good thing in the cannabis industry, which moves quickly in time. Time at testing labs and diagnostics can be, you know, time not on shelves. I guess.
1: Yeah. So overall, thank you for that question. Business actually has been really good, uh, both on on the the cannabis side. It's been pretty steady, surprisingly even with the pandemic, and I think it's because at the end of the day, um, you know, cannabis, uh, the cannabis uh, growers and the, the cannabis testing labs and even the dispensers were considered essential businesses for some reason in certain states. And I think, you know, the, the states actually sort of categorized the, you know, that type of business relatively well, given the fact that people were quarantined in their homes for the last 24 months and continues to be so. So it's a, it's been a positive signal in terms of overall business. Um, and then on COVID side, we everybody knows, I mean, testing is, is, is all at an all time high with Omicron and we continue to try to catch up on that front. So, you know, for the foreseeable future, it looks very, very, you know, uh, upbeat overall. Um, what's different about our technology going on to the latter half of your question is that we basically have taken Um, You know how testing has been done for almost a decade or up to a century now, where, you know, when you're looking for E coli or Salmonella, you know, or any other pathogen, or you were trying to basically do it off of a petri dish and petri dishes take many days, it takes a lot of time, it takes it's relatively easy but and it's low cost, but it takes you know, and you can take any from three, five, even seven, or up to 10 days, depending on what you're trying to culture. And that in the case of the cannabis industry, with the with the highly valuable, uh, value-added crop that we're talking about, you know, in the thousands of dollars per pound, you don't have that luxury of waiting 10 days or five days to know that you've got an outbreak in your cultivation facility, or Or that your uh, your plant is is you know got some kind of plant disease so what we've done is we've we basically not just sped up the process but i want you to think about the fact that everything that you're testing in cannabis they test for a lot more bugs than they do in food so in the case of cannabis they test for uh, salmonella which we're familiar with e coli there's two different types of pathogenic e coli called stek one stek two and then you know, when you're growing anything in soil within, uh, you know, especially with cannabis, that you have a lot of fungal pathogens such as Aspergillus, Flavus fumigatus, Niger, and Tereus. And I bounced off a lot there. But the bottom line is when you talk about six or seven organisms, you can't wait for every sample to have seven petri dishes for three, four, five days. So what we've done is we've done multiplexing. And multiplexing in a simple way uh, is where you're doing All of those organisms in the same reaction same test same sample so you're it's like parallel processing of all those targets all those targeted pathogens in the same test rather than doing it one at a time so we've flattened you know adam smith's division of labor at like an assembly line you know that that would take too too long by the time you get the answer you may have lost half your crop that's the premise of our technology, which is already put into practice in over 110 labs nationally. So,
0: and let me. So that's. I mean, it's 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 both uh, the time horizon that the time is now shorter, but also the what you call the multi. Did you call it multiplex? Or am I, am I making that word up? Like it's a movie. Well, no, it's a,
1: it's a multiplexing is the correct. Yeah,
0: oh, so no. it applies to a movie theater. It applies to this, and, and do like if I'm a grower, if I'm a cultivator, and I have a grow, do I s- send you la- like clippings and you tell me, or do you like, is there something I do on site? What's, what's the process by which the, the testing gets done?
1: So from a regulation perspective, depending on the jurisdiction, whether it's a state or even in, in uh, Canada, for example, that's overseen by, seen by Health Canada, <clears throat> generally speaking, there's a chain of custody and that chain of custody tags a sample. They basically secure it in in a, in a you know, in, in some kind of plastic bag, they seal it and it tra- gets transported to a testing lab, an independent testing lab. And it's the independent testing lab that typically performs what is called compliance testing. Is this particular, you know, product safe for sale to to the end retailer, right? And so there's that portion of it that a grower has to submit samples if they want to be in the business of growing you know, cannabis and then selling it to, you know, in the dispensary end. And so there's compliance tests that, that relate to a bunch of pathogens. In the case of New York, there's almost 15 pathogens per sample that you have to go through. That's a lot of Petri dishes if you're running hundred samples a day, right? So likelihood the lab, the lab cannot be burdened by 1500 Petri dishes. That's just not simply not so, so scalable it's not sustainable, it's unhealthy for a, a lab tech to operate in that environment. Yeah. The second part of our technology is sort of stemming it back. Why are pathogens winding up on cannabis that make it unhealthy? And what, what's, the, what's the reason for it? Why is it so important? Well, you and I, Jay, we're healthy. We can, you know, we can, you know, we can consume it, whatever, and we're okay. But if you're talking about an immunocompromised uh, patient or a consumer, somebody who's gone through a organ transplant or, or cancer, right? They cannot take that chance. So having a bug like Aspergillus on, is, on you know, any type of cannabis and they consume it could be deadly. And so that's one of the reasons why it's almost a zero tolerance component of having an abs- absolute pure and safe product and a healthy product. The second part of it is, when you're growing cannabis in a warehouse, you have certain elements, environmental elements, such as temperature, light, humidity, water, right? Those three, those are all right for specifically bugs, basically pathogens, especially with soil. So essentially what we have developed is what is called a product called EnviroX. And EnviroX will allow us to go, you know, send swabs directly to the grower the grower will basically swab certain locations that are high touch zones, the trim table, if there's you know conveyor uh, machinery, if there's specifically drains, their door handles. And the reason why you do this is because a lot of these pathogens are they don't automatically or naturally grow grow in the plant by themselves. Their sporulation they start to go through the airflow and wind up on the canopy. By, by just the airflow. So we're, we have now developed, because of the COVID experience, we've developed an air collection device that can quickly identify what's in the air in a cannabis cultivation facility, what's on the surface and what's in the water very quickly. So then a cannabis cultivator will know what to remediate, what to sterilize to prevent the accumulation of those pathogens growing and then getting it still kicked out in the air and that's called an environmental preventative environmental monitoring program that minimizes the sample from going to a lab and then failing it, right so control your environment keep it clean therefore the product that you grow in that environment will be safe and it'll pass your test. It's,
0: it's 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 going upstream it's upstream and downstream right go going yeah. to the the source and making sure there aren't problems to begin with it's 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 fascinating. And, and you're right, it didn't take long for us to to do geeky cannabis stuff. And, and I guess I, I guess uh, sort of an overall question as, as you've been into this, like are growers, cultivators and even manufacturers, processors, like are they becoming more savvy on this front to understand that, to be upstream and do the testing that you're talking about, the preemptive environmental, Oh I, I forgot what the, I forgot a monitoring program. Ooh, I got it. Pimp. Um like are, are they are they understanding that that, that is a, a money well spent and processes well uh, put into place because it, it it further down the line it's it saves time, energy, and lots of uh lots of headache.
1: You know, I think we're turning a corner. And and the reason why we're turning a corner is because just the just the fact that initially they they could not uh, we had some challenges to try to explain to them that when, you, when you're selling something in the thousands of dollars, right? And there's, there's 25,000 square feet of it. All you need is one square foot of that canopy to lose. And, and that's the equivalent of the testing preventive environmental monitoring for the entire year for their facility. So, um, and what's driving it now is that the, the, the gravitas is on the industry in the sense that more and more states as just like canada are, are are it's you know it's heading towards some level of federalization we don't know when but when federalization does happen there are there are agencies such as the fda the usda and osha that will mandate you to do preventive en- environmental monitoring and it's, the re- to, the reason that's driving that Jay, is because if you and i are growing medical marijuana What falls under the jurisdiction of the FDA is Food and Drug Administration. So some humans gonna consume it for medical purposes. So under that premise, what we're growing has to comply to CGMP, good manufacturing practice, which I know you're nodding your head because Canada makes sure that's the case. Now, when you're doing CGMP, they're monitoring all your supply chain, right? They're monitoring a lot more testing and the same thing for HACCP. HACCP is called a hazard analysis crit- critical control point. Anytime your product is touching a certain sur- surface, you have to swab it, and you have to identify if there's listeria, if there's E. coli, if there's salmonella, if there's these bugs there. And the reason why is that's that's a, in many years ago, about back in 70s, pregnant women died of listeriosis, which was basically listeria was in product, which was a pathogen, and they lost babies. Right, so that. That's a story you don't want to play out. But in the case of cannabis, what's driving this is that we think that at the end of the day, the the, the big MSOs are definitely turning the corner knowing that they have to implement this type of model to initiate because when the feds finally come and say, you're going to swab every single area by zone one to zone 4 you're going to have CGMP. Then it's going to be a massive shock to the system So the goal is for us to start to pivot this, start to set the standard with this type of technology. And it's not burdensome. In just one well, we can identify up to 50 pathogens, both bacterial, fungal, for plant and human. And we made the cost so attractive that every grower should be doing this because if they clean up their environment, they'll be ready for the regulatory oversight at the federal level, and it'll be more of a natural shoe in for them, in, from a, or you know, practice perspective.
0: And and they will have a head start. I mean, that's not lost yeah. on them that there are only so many growers of certain scale that would be able to do something like this, do it early, do do it before it's regulated, and then when it is, be sort of well ahead of the curve by a year or five, right? Yeah. Right? Like uh, responding to the regs as they happen, you're already behind the ball of people who have. Who've actually been been uh, been thinking about it for a long time. This has been fascinating. I hope I didn't ask too too rudimentary a question. Oh but, well, these are great questions. But it's it's really compelling and, and as you know sort of the, the compliance of the Canadian firms do, you know cultivating manufacturing processing cannabis is is quite a bit higher than than that's happening right now in most states. And I think you know that's a great leg up for Canadian companies except companies that you're working with and companies in the states that are actually thinking 1 2 and 4 years down the road are actually already going to be compliant with the highest standards that we have here uh come federal legalization. But I appreciate the time. It was fascinating to hear about the company we look forward to connect with you down the road.
1: Thank you so much for this uh for this opportunity Jake and appreciate it. Thank you, you got so it.
0: much. You got it. That was episode 20 of the Cannabis Daily Show. Please do subscribe right here uh, on YouTube. Be sure to visit us at businessofcannabis.com and all our social channels, and we will see you all tomorrow.